and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey, Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news, and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. The, the producers uh, just handed me this thing, this Queen of Black Magic. Uh, at first, I sort of didn't recognize the film. And then I rewatch it, and I rewatch it. Then I remember that when when I was a little, actually I saw some of the clip, actually the the flying hats and stuff. <laughs> then I remember, oh, okay, this is the film that actually stuck in my brain for quite a long time and gave me goosebumps when I was a little. So, so at that moment, okay, man, I think I gotta do this film. Kenapa sih kita nggak jadi ke Bali? Sekarang malah ke tempat yang di map saja nggak ada. Jeff, Tan. Ini Pak Pandi. Dia yang ngegedein kita di panti asuhan ini. Kalian udah lama di sini? Wow. Asik ya tempatnya. Hello and welcome to our latest show. This time we're focusing on Indonesian folk horror with a look at Kimo Stambol's latest, The Queen of Black Magic, available now to stream exclusively on Shudder, as well as looking at some other films that are literally reviving the Indonesian horror scene of the 70s and the 80s. Later on, James chats at length to Kimo about the film and directing horror. But let's get on to that important question. What are you drinking this episode, James? Uh, I have a nice bottle of uh, Shiraz, uh, modestly priced, I admit, but which has been chilling in the fridge for the afternoon because I've started having my red wine nice and cold. <laughs> well, you know, that's not sunny now. So. Well, it's a sunny day today. I mean, not that it does us any good in, in lockdown, but the sun's out there mocking us and everything. Yeah. <laughs> You're, what are you on, man? What are you drinking? So I'm I'm on the uh, dregs of uh, <laughs> the dregs. Howling Hops order. <laughs> the uh, one I've been holding back on, which uh, is Rooftops, okay. uh, New England Triple IPA. Very nice. A uh, percentage of nine point five. <laughs> very nice indeed. That doesn't sound like dregs. That sounds like a very, a very fine drink. I have to say. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> So on to the Queen of Black Magic, mm. um, which is a remake of a 1981 film, which, also called the Queen of Black Magic. Which sometimes seems to be listed as anything from 78, 79, 80, 81, 82 in different places. But, I mean, without going too, too far down that rabbit hole, I think a lot of the films uh, of that era do seem to be listed under several dates. Definitely. But we'll, we'll come back to that um, later on in the episode. Yeah, yeah. So, um, give me a bit of a slice of, of the plot of the Queen of Black Magic before we, we start. Uh, sure, uh, by by way of a very brief summary for it, it, it's quite an old school plot. So, you know, it, it's a guy who goes with his wife and children back to the orphanage uh, where he was uh, grown up, which is in you know some remote rural area of Indonesia. A couple of other childhood friends also from the, the orphanage are there because basically the old um, the old fella who'd run the orphanage is you know on his last legs. So they've come to pay their final respects. Needless to say, very quickly, turns out there's something sinister afoot, you know, things lurking in the shadows, past curses coming back and everything, and 
it all goes south very, very quickly and unpleasantly. And, uh, you know, it's what, I'm not going to say too much about exactly what the context of the Queen of Black Magic is in this, but safe to say it's like the sins of the past coming back and a lot of, there is a lot of black magic and nastiness in there. So it's, it's a very, it's a proper, authentic, old school black magic plot for the film, you could say. Yeah, and directed by Kimo, written by Joko Anwar, yes. who's yes. Uh, directed his own remake of Saint and Slay. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really liked about it is, is the fact that um, it is a, as kind of a remake or reimagining, um, not just specifically of the, the original Queen of Black Magic, but just of that kind of genre, uh, which was popular in Indonesia then, in like the 70s and 80s. It's a very nice way of kind of updating it while still sticking to kind of the old school elements of it. And I was, you know, as a big fan of any sort of um, Gong Tao, black magic type stuff like that myself. And also maybe one day a practitioner of the dark arts. You never know. <laughs> you never Just know. Just all those Shaw Brothers films. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not, not that anything that's... Proto Capri. <laughs> exactly. None of the stuff which is in my head is probably anything relating to real black magic. But... Um, but it, it it's got it, it it really comes across as being old school in that respect. It's got all, yeah. it's got a lot of the Gong Tao stuff. It's got a lot of the black magic stuff in there, which I think is um, uh, I guess for like a lot of Western horror fans and stuff, it's maybe not stuff they will have seen before. So you still have mm. what could be like a fairly traditional horror plot. You know, going back to the old childhood place. These have said like past secrets and you know past wrongs and everything like that coming back to haunt folk, but. This kind of black magic element and stuff uh, is very cool, and it's very nicely handled in the film. I mean, it's quite a—it's not a slow burn as such, but it, it kind of builds up. I think it—it does—it does have a pace, and I think mm. that's something. That, I mean, I—I probably lay a bit at, at, at the writing. Yes. Yeah. In terms of that, I mean, Joko in his other films does seem to do that a lot as well. It, it mm. really mm. kind of. Yeah, you know, it doesn't go straight in with the horror at all. It just that's true. Yeah. Really, kind of lets it lets it build, which I think I just think works very well because you you get more of a sense of the characters and, mm. and care about them a bit more rather than just you know where some films um, <laughs> and again we'll probably be coming back to that a bit yeah. later on in this episode. But where some films just actually just seem to throw their cast against the wall, yeah, quite literally, yeah. without giving them a, a chance to breathe. This one really, really kind of lets the, the, the atmosphere build. Mm. Um, quite literally gets under your skin in several different ways. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but no, absolutely. The, and, it's, and it's a mixture of both the characters and kind of like the central mystery. It, it does put effort yeah. into the plot and into the mystery of it. I mean, you know, you're probably going to, most people will probably figure out kind of what's going on, you know, way before the end and everything but it's it hangs together pretty well in that mm. respect it's um you know it goes off the rails in a great way with the horror and the gore and everything later but it is still you know essentially quite a plot driven film kind of in that respect and it does pay a lot of as you say like there's a lot of effort into the building the atmosphere and everything like that and it, it sort of goes from those sort of more i don't know you could see like rural gothic kind of frights and stuff like that sort of atmosphere in the, the earlier stages, everything like that, and then suddenly into like full blown, full blown hellish gore horror for the last half an hour <laughs> in proper I mean, it, great it, way. There's nods to to lots of other films, you know. In, there in is. There's, there's yeah. definitely a nod to uh, Ringu in there. And yeah, yeah, definitely. Which, is, which I think is actually quite nicely done in the. Absolutely, I think it's uh, whether it's like the the other Asian influences or the kind of uh, Western influences and stuff in there. I mean, that's something which comes up in uh, the interview with uh, with Kimo uh, talking about Evil Dead, Samurai, 
and stuff like that. So it, it's a real, it's a great mixture of kind of like the sort of proper like Indonesian uh, folklore, the this kind of like black magic style, old school Shaw Brothers style, but also not I'm not going to say it's like a Western style, but in terms of the on the technical side of the film, definitely mm-hmm. there's nods towards that, and it all comes together very well. And I think one of the reasons I think this is one of the better um, of the sort of uh, Indonesian folk horrors we'll talk about, you know, more of the others. I think the pacing for this one is good. It's very well considered mm-hmm. the way it actually... It, when it's slower in parts, you know, it's slower in parts because, you know, things are actually happening that are building towards, you know, when yeah. it explodes into this kind of inferno towards the end and everything, which I think works a lot better in this film than it does in some of the others, you know? Mm. I mean, should we, we talk a bit about the the original? I think we should. I, I think there's, yeah. a, there's a very, very interesting comparison uh, to be made between the two. Um, and that, because the original is a very different... I mean, it, you know, this this is a very much a reimagining, and it's a very, mm. very different, a very, a very different film. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, without giving too much away about <laughs> the plot, but you know, it is it is uh, a woman who uh, basically is, is demonised as a as a as a witch, even though she isn't, gets thrown off a cliff and then <laughs> becomes one, learns the arts of black magic to, to get a revenge. <laughs> she she very handily falls into a tree at the bottom of the cliff and gets rescued by a mad old black magic hermit who who teaches mm. her the ways and stuff so it, it's a completely different plot so it's it is a reimagining but there, there there's no you know links between the two films and stuff but it's certainly not a remake it's not a, a sequel or anything it's it's very it is very much closer to that kind of old school shaw brothers kind of plot and everything because it has that kind of revenge narrative and you know she you know she gradually sort of comes to sort of see the cost of of what she's doing you're using these new black magic skills to kind of gradually take down the you know the guy who uh, she'd mistakenly fallen in love with who turned out to be a complete heel and also yes. like the other villagers who were kind of involved in it but there, there is like um you know we can't give it like too much dramatic weight or any kind of feminist <laughs> text or anything but it, you know she does kind of like see the like the effects on her and everything like that, and the kind of the cost of her revenge and stuff. So it is, it's a very, very different plot uh, in that respect. Very, very different feel to the film. And the Gong Tai stuff, uh, it's got some fantastic stuff in there. It's got the oh, the all-time favourite, like, you know, the flying, flying head Gong Tai. Someone's head comes off and flies around biting folk. I know it's got some bursting veins, some scanner stuff. It's got insects. Well, this is the thing. I mean, it, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess depending a bit on when the year actually was, but you know, uh, <laughs> it's actually kind of listed as the same year as scanners. So they yes, turned around, tr- turned around ah. with the kind of the vein, mm-hmm. the classic, <laughs> you know, head explosions, which are all. I mean, the effects are really kind of old school. Really, yeah. actually. Very well done. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very well filmed. Mm. I think you know you can see, you can see the Western influence. And you can see very much uh, the Shaw Brothers influence and yes, you know, yeah, how yeah. it's filmed on it. Yeah, Definitely. it's very absolutely. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it it, it looks. You know, actually, it looks very good, very stylized. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a great scene where, um, because of the you know obviously with with Indonesia, you know, particularly at that point, you know, and, and still is a very uh, Muslim country. Mm. There's no 
there's an implied nudity here, mm, but, you know, mm, true. But, but, but you don't you don't actually see it. And there's a lovely bit where this is actually part of her learning black magic seems to be um, somersaulting on a trampoline <laughs> against the the, the, uh, the moon, which is in a nude. But it looks great. It yeah, looks absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Very nice sort of very nice sort of set design and color and stuff. And there's oh, even like a you know the sort of black magic layer wherever the guy hangs out and stuff is very, it, it is very sort of, um, you know, human lanterns sort of style from mm. Shaw Brothers style, which is very cool. But, but yeah, as you say, like it, it's markedly less sleazy or anything like that at all in there, which, you know, on, you know, on the plus side, you, you don't, uh, you don't get that same sort of uh, abuse of the female character, which you do in quite a few of these other films and stuff, everything. Mm. Like I mean, she has her unfortunate experience of being chucked off a cliff, but, um, yes. And, and she is, I mean, without giving too much of the plot away, mm. um, the black magic practitioner has his own agenda as well yes. for, for wanting her to do mm-hmm. some of these things. So um, she, she's still basically gaslighted. <laughs> black magic gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess part of that as well, the, the actress, uh, Su, Susanna, exactly. um, yeah. uh, you know, who was a very big sort of Indonesian horror icon kind of at that time and who, who was apparently very well known for sort of witchy ways in real life and stuff uh, and kind of lived mm. you sort of lived in that kind of character a bit and everything I'm not sure how much truth there is to that I'm just going what the internet's told me but she's she's really good she is really good in the film you know she she yeah. she gives the character she makes it, it's not even like just a, a full like revenge you know narrative like watching her and enjoying her taking down people it, it is more no a no more sympathetic. she's conflicted she, yeah. yeah yeah so it's Putting the two films side by side and everything, completely, you can you can see sort of thematic links in there and everything like mm. that. But um, it's kind of a, a bit of an interesting, considering that 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 Joko Anwar you know, wrote the remake as well as doing his own version of Satan's Slaves. Mm-hmm. His take on that is uh, on Satan's Slave is, is much closer to the original, mm-hmm. even though it is mm-hmm. it is actually meant, intended as a as a as a prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it's it, it's it's very much you know the ideas here are really quite in, reinterpreted into something quite Absol- quite different. Oh, absolutely, and I think kind of what what kind of links them, I guess, is still like you know with the new film, uh, with Kimo's film, um, you you're still having something which was kind of like putting the um, whether it's like the the mother or the children, everything like that, in a sort of position of threat and stuff. So it still it still has a sort of similar. Um, attack on kind of the family unit and the kind of moral message i guess both films everything though i think in the new f- in the 2019 film that that's even more shocking one of the things which did surprise me a lot about uh the new queen of black magic is you know seeing like kids in peril and everything like mm. that which we don't really see so much uh in western you're I mean, not proper this is like proper peril and everything so i think that yeah. was quite surprising yeah. and everything so I think it's kind of, uh, you know, Joko as a scriptwriter has kind of taken some aspects of the, the first film's, you know, it, it, I don't like saying moral message as a, in a negative way and everything like that, because this, this is a film where it genuinely is sympathetic towards its protagonist and stuff. Uh, she, she's not some sort of cool, wisecracking anti-heroine who's mm. making jokes and taking people down. So I, I think both films still carry a kind of, Fairly strong moral message to them, but in a sort of yeah. in a well handled sort of not heavy handed, preachy kind of way and stuff. So um, I guess that kind of links them. But yeah, they are very very separate and different films, which is great because you could comfortably enjoy them in a double bill without yeah. <laughs> without having to think you were watching the same film twice 
anything like that. And since they're both on shutter, you can, you can do that from the safety of your own couch these days. <laughs> and a bunch of drinks, of course. So let's listen to Chemo chatting to James about the film and much more. Gue juga ngeliat bis. Isinya anak panti. Semuanya mati. Ini kejadian lagi, Nev. Dia nyerang kita dengan ibu hitam. Buka! Buka! What the hell is going on here? So yeah, just to start with uh, the Queen of Black Magic, which uh, so it's what 2019 production, but it's only just come on to Shudder. 2000, 2020, yeah, uh, uh, 2019 production. Uh, yeah, actually, it's I think yeah, yeah, it's the beginning of 2019. Okay, cool, uh, James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just come on to Shudder uh internationally as well so i just yeah. saw it recently myself which is very very cool film uh enjoyed that very much and well thank you very much <laughs> appreciate it <laughs> but it's uh it's, it's, it's interesting it's based on a, well, a 1981 film of the same name which uh is also on yes Shutter, which i watched correctly recently. yeah but is it would you call it like a remake okay. or reimagining or is there any kind of link between the a reimagining i think yeah I think uh, when when me and Joko sat down with the producer, mm-hmm. uh, we thought that um, I think we don't want to disturb the old classics mm-hmm. in a way, but uh, I think it's good to reimagine it and and uh, took some of the uh, elements in the original uh, uh, film and uh, hopefully we can make it you know at least uh, um, relatable towards. Uh, the new generation of, of that uh, audience. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's more to that, and and I think uh, mainly uh, Joko, uh, the writer, feels that uh, you know we, we we cannot disturb the the old classic that already been you know uh, being a cult film mm. by itself. So <laughs> and for that we are very respect so much in terms of that and and we told the producers mm-hmm. uh guys we don't want to disturb the the old classics and uh, why don't we just reimagine it and repackage it but uh, you know have those elements in it mm. so yeah that's that's what we are doing actually yeah. james yeah yeah because there is quite a one of the things i think was different between you know your version and the original was in the original 1981 there's much more of a focus on the female you know the queen Black Magic. She's you know kind of like a character yeah. from the start, whereas in your film it still mm-hmm. sticks to similar themes. Um, and it, but it, you know, mm-hmm. the sort of tragedy, tragedy of the story is a bit differently focused in the new version. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Obviously, it's got a lot more sort of modern uh, sort of uh, gore effects in there. And so, just wondering how you how you updated yeah. that side of the film because the original film has still got some uh, really cool scenes in there and everything, but. Definitely, I mean, I'm a huge fan of like the old, you know, black magic films, like uh, proper Gong Tao films. And mm. So seeing like the flying head, mm, mm, I love mm. that man. That, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> but in your film, like especially like, the last, you know, it's not a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen, but like the last half hour or so, where things mm-hmm. start, you know, going crazier and crazier. Like uh, it's quite a different approach mm-hmm. to the sort of the gore, everything. You know how the scares, everything. Would you say? 
yeah, I think that's mainly uh, the idea comes from uh, again Joko wrote the script and and but we discuss it about the treatment and all, and uh, I think uh, the idea of the, the the producer's idea also want to, you know, use uh, a little bit more realistic mm-hmm. in a way. Because if if we, we if we done it with the practical stuff, uh, it, it it could feel a little bit uh, classic in a way, right? Yeah. Because uh, nowadays it's it's combination of both between uh, practical and also you know digital effects. Mm-hmm. But the treatment itself, uh, we want it to be more uh, terrorizing or, or or more into 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 the you know into the the, the scene of. Uh, you know, if if you remember the the last part, we we saw sort of uh, depict the, the the hellish mm. uh, you know environment where the queen you know set up this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, that's that's sort of uh, that's sort of uh, new in a way because uh, the original one I don't remember that she sort of set up this another world or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't recall that, but. Uh, that's something new that we want to push it actually because uh, me and me, me and Joko also have uh, you know those uh, influences mm-hmm. back in the days. If you if you if you, if you have in in your area some sort of a, a comic strip that always mm-hmm. discuss about some hell and stuff, <laughs> yes. you know, when, yeah. when when you are kids, there's a lot of <laughs> stuff uh, floating around with these comics, right? Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, to scare uh, kids. Uh, and and told the story about um, uh, hell, mm-hmm. uh, something like that, and and we sort of have this uh, cool idea. How do we how do we you know make that into a reality and and mm-hmm. you know try to bring it in the screen? So yeah, Joko wrote that some kind of cool stuff, and 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 I try to I try to reimagine it and 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 you know get the reference from the comics as well. Mm-hmm. I forgot the comics. What is the name of the comics? But <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I think you guys also have a different version of it, you know, yeah. uh, because uh, I think that's a classic how people, <laughs> you know, uh, just to tell, just to, to tell what is hell sort of yeah. stuff. So, yeah, it's sort of a cheap comic, you know, it's only like two pages and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we try to, to push that uh, concept uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the goriness as well, because the, the, the old uh, classic, I feel that you know the, the goriness is is out there, you know, and, mm-hmm. and and it become it become classic in a way, and it's sort of uh, tough actually to 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 balance it out because I think back then the filmmakers doesn't have any boundaries of uh, you know, but right now we we do have some boundaries in a mm-hmm. way because we have already established a, a, a censorship uh, mm-hmm. department in the state. I mean the state uh, censorship department, and and also uh, the producers also already you know have a strategy to to not push it into a a, a twenty one plus movie, and then yeah. we want it to be like you know seventeen plus film, and I think uh, in in that way you know we have to combine, we have to be smart in terms of how we presented the goriness. And for me and Joko as well, you know, we want to push it, but there is always some boundaries that we have to do, right? So yeah, man. Oh, that's true. Uh, but I yeah, think we'll as well, like uh, I think like you know, with the original 
in towards the end and stuff where you have some of the the old like black magic like mm-hmm. flying head and everything like that i mean that's that's the kind of stuff which is probably mm-hmm. harder to include from some modern audience as well it kind of wor- it works really well in the original film but what you guys do in this film with the mm-hmm. last half mm-hmm. hour is more you know it, they still have their like revenge narrative but it's more intense everything and i think one of the things was mm. i think the one thing which would probably shock quite a lot of western viewers is seeing you know the involvement of like the younger children and stuff in it as well the younger people mm. are sort of caught up in it as well you don't that's yeah, yeah. which is quite rare to quite rare to see in this kind of film as well oh, okay <laughs> that's cool though <laughs> it is but even it, even here i think i i think i think the same way i think the same thing happens here i think uh mm. james because uh we are pretty lucky to 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 have this in the theater because uh, mm. uh, you know sometimes back in the you know early 2000 there there's a little bit of a movement that uh, you know because it's the, the the censorship board is still mm-hmm. assembling at that time yeah so uh, it's, there is uncertainty of uh, of what we can show and what we cannot show yeah and but today nowadays is they have already uh, established a bit of the rules and okay. and do's and don't but uh, we are lucky that we can actually you know uh, an issue of, of of pedophilia and and an mm. issue of uh, rape and issue of uh, uh, towards children we mm-hmm. can actually open and to discuss a bit you know mm-hmm. that's that's pretty lucky of us that we can go for it so so but people here uh, there's not much a lot of uh, film that 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 actually shows that and and i think we are one of the first and because we are in a sort of like in a fantasy type of thing yeah i think that 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 also you know uh let us do this stuff because i think mm-hmm. if this is a very serious film then it's become a different thing yeah yeah, that's <laughs> but true. yeah. because of this involve a black magic <laughs> and stuff and stuff and it's a horror genre then it's, it's sort of okay in a way but uh, yeah i think we have the same uh, uh excitement that um, mm. you know oh my god that's involved kids and and you know then also you know joko wrote it uh, because uh, because actually the idea of of of, of having a family is is, is already mm. you know it's brilliant there i mean because people can relate to because you know indonesian and you know our our country is it's pretty much close with family and stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah no yeah that's cool I, I i think that's one of the things which i i really like watching the two films kind of i saw them very close together because of when they arrived on shutter everything i saw okay. I, you, I saw your one first yes. and then the original one everything so. okay <laughs> all right but it was, what's the, why why did you guys choose this film in particular you know cuz i guess there's quite a lot of other ones uh, from the period which are which are around so i know joker yes. played in slaves already and stuff so yes def i mean the thing is uh it it, it comes to i don't know uh, uh the, the producers just just handed out like okay kimo do you want to do this remake because before they approached me for a different project mm. it's not a remake it's a, some sort of an original story and i told them that uh, uh do you have any title that we can do remakes because uh you know joko actually did, uh, did the satan slave and and it's pretty successful mm. and i want to do the same thing because uh, i think because Rapi film is established since the 70s mm-hmm. so they have a lot of uh, they have a lot of titles that that, that we can remake and um, the the producers uh, just handed me this thing this queen of black magic 
uh, at first I sort of didn't recognize the film and then I rewatch it and I rewatch it then I remember that when when I was a little actually I saw some of the clip actually the the flying hats and stuff <laughs> then I remember oh okay this is the film that actually stuck in my brain for quite a long time and gave me goosebumps when I was a little so so at that moment okay man I think I gotta do this film and pretty exciting as well and the producer now producers also announced that okay Joko gonna write oh man that's perfect I mean me and Joko we already been friends such a long time but uh, we never get the chance to collaborate with uh, oh, okay. collaborate together and mm. Uh, and and I think this is the perfect time. I mean, you know, so yeah, man. I mean, just just like that. I mean, it's like okay, because I think uh, the producers also uh, saw uh, saw our reels, like me and Timo's reel about the you know uh, the gory stuff, like macabre and and killers, mm -hmm. and you know we did uh, some uh, headshots. So that have the the edge of uh, of violence in it. And I think maybe the producers say, okay, I think you sort of perfectly fits for the Queen of Black Magic. Oh, okay. Awesome, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was really fun making it, man. I mean, I really enjoyed every minute of it. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So as well as like the, the, like, uh, the influences from, you know, the early films as well. What you if you guys got other influences, like maybe a little bit of Evil Dead in there, something like that, which I thought. Oh yeah, definitely as well. Yeah, because uh, I mean, Sam Raimi. I mean, me and Timo actually love Sam Raimi a mm. lot. I mean, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe not just Sam, but a lot of uh, U.S. film that that you know that we watch it a lot and and somehow you know unconsciously mm -hmm. get a, a reference in it you know so definitely evil that one of them mm -hmm. you know i want to have those tone that 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 you know bring up the classics in the uh project so yeah mm -hmm. but i mean mm -hmm. i'm interested to know a bit more about so rapid films and everything so they, they were making like exploitation films in the 70s and 80s mainly yeah 70s 80s and 90s man yeah, they've been they've been active. Yeah, they've been active for such a long time until today, though. Yeah. Is there any other key films, that, ones that I you know might be able to track down or watch or anything from the studio or you know similar sort of black magic and oh, I think there's several, bro. But uh, um, let me check, man. I I've not have a lot of uh, in mind, but uh, I think they. Yeah, man. I mean, there's something. Oh, there, there are several, uh, mm -hmm. but I don't have any of the list right now, That's okay. uh, James. So no, no, no worries, man. I think there, 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 there's in there, there's in Wikipedia. So there's a lot of uh, okay. Hold on, I think this is in Indonesia. No, no, actually, it's in. The, uh, okay, hold on. There's a lot of drama. They, they, they make everything, man. I mean, mm -hmm. they made a lot of stuff, but one of the. Uh, uh oh 1981 called Sundel Bolong there's also that's a classic Indonesian horror uh very classic one because uh some of us uh, try to remake that but okay. never you know oh there is there is actually one in Netflix I don't know it's it's a global one mm -hmm. but it's actually in Netflix but 
Uh, it's another company. Okay. But uh, it based on Rapi's movie mm-hmm. called Sundal Bolong. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's a lot of weird stuff, man. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's very interesting. So <laughs> if you can try to get it in Mando Macab. Yeah. Uh, titles, I think <laughs> they should be there, bro. <laughs> they do. There's a film called I remember called like Mystics of Bali. Do you know? Did they do that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that from it's when about, I was. Uh, it's about yeah. Leak, yeah, about yes. uh, folk, folklore, yeah, folklore, mm-hmm. Indonesian folklore, yeah. That was a that was a really. It's also cool. crazy, man. That's... <laughs> yeah, definitely, oh, man. That, That's man. really really cool. Because I was, you know, I was watching. Yeah. You know, I guess in the West, we see a lot of more of the, you know, the Shaw Brothers films from that time, which had like Black Magic, Head, ah, yes. Boxer's Omen, everything like that, Spiritual Boxer, mm. everything. And, and then some of the Hong Kong, like Category 3 films from like the 90s, like Eternal Evil of Asia and everything, which were still, you know, mm. updates of those Shaw Brothers ones, everything. But I would just love to see more, mm. see some more of these Indonesian ones from the early 80s, because they look crazy as well. So. <laughs> I think they they gotta be available soon in Netflix, maybe. Yeah, because uh, I tried, I spoke to the you know Rapi film and guys, man, you got a lot of titles, but the thing is, in 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 our side is the, their archive of the masters is yeah. not so great. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So maybe they have the reels, but they have mm. to you know clean it. They have to re-digitize and do all that, and and you know that cost a lot and yeah, yeah. i don't know they're gonna do it or not you know but they have a lot of title that's, well, that's what's that, you know it's very interesting to watch you yeah, know yeah yeah definitely especially for yeah. for like horror fans and also just you know in general for film history but i guess when they make these films yeah you know they make them quite low budget they don't think about someone wants to watch this in 40 years later you know someone wants to respond. no yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> they're just making definitely, the horror yeah. film so <laughs> <laughs> they just make it for you know it's for continuing the day bro <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's that's one of the great things about yeah whether it's netflix or shudder and everything is now for films that are available like for you know certainly in the west like making these films more available like uh, and I think that's one of the, mm. that's a great thing about uh, Queen of Black Magic as well. It's kind of like a like a, a gateway film, maybe, or an introduction to sort of Indonesian horror. Yeah. Because a lot of people who watch like Shudder <laughs> yeah. maybe aren't the same audience who watch, you know, like Asian horror or you know, Indonesian horror. Mm. So I think it's a really mm. good introduction. Mm. But, uh, one, one of the things that I'm interested in is like a lot of these recent Indonesian horror films, like your, your films, uh, like, you know, Joko's uh, and Petigor, it seems a lot more based around sort of like mm-hmm. folklore or black magic or quite local or cultural things, but they're still becoming very popular mm-hmm. for audiences. So I just wonder why, mm-hmm. why maybe you think that is like why they're still seem to be so popular around the world at the moment. Oh, I think it's uh, for the for ourselves for for mm-hmm. lo- local audience. Uh, they 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 can easily relate towards uh, what's going on. I mean, I mean the real culture because. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of uh, film action. I mean, there's a lot of film that 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 you know try to try to uh, do some folklore, but um, and it still works. I mean, even the bad ones is actually still works here mm-hmm. because uh, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, they just 
you know, for for our local audience, they just love it. Yeah. They just love the the culture. They they just love the uh, the uh, you know because because we are we are in the islands, right? And yeah. each each uh, each states or each uh, uh, islands uh, have a, a different culture, and 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 one of the culture is being in the in the big screen nationally. Mm. They're sort of being proud of it mm. in a way. So in 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 our in our uh, local audience, uh, whatever it is that that actually you know talk about uh, some of our folklore, they they they're gonna be interested. Yeah. But uh, or for the world, I think it's it's sort of an introduction of of you know the diversity that we have here in Indonesia. So because there's a lot of stories, there's a lot of uh, you know uh, folklore that that you know needs to be broken down even yeah. even i don't not i mean that's so many of them and and, and so many things that interesting mm-hmm. and we try to get something that universally that people can understand yeah and i think one of it is the black magic thing black magic is you know there's so many in the world as well right yeah. i mean we try to we try to give the audience a taste of of our our side of the black magic so I think uh, you know. Uh, hopefully, we can we can actually show the process mm-hmm. in it because the first, I mean, this this version one, we don't we don't see the process how the queen becoming mm-hmm. the queen, right? Yeah. But the original ones is actually sort of trying to depict that yeah. in a in a in a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. she got a lot of training and stuff, and yeah, you know, it's right. some, yeah. some something like that. You know. And and uh, yeah, and you know the difficult part is to make that something that really, you know, really in now because mm-hmm. there's a lot of dark movies now, and you know, I think we need to be more, you know, authentic in a way because mm-hmm. uh, the process itself is pretty much uh, haven't been you know explored yet, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, hopefully, man, if we we got a chance to make it the to make a, a sequel or a prequel yeah. or anything like that. Uh, we can actually show okay, this is how we do it, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, yeah, I think why we choose the folklore is you know as simple as that. I mean, mm-hmm. the locals still love it. Yeah, and and you know because they are pretty close towards towards the story, mm-hmm. and maybe for the world this is, is such a maybe is an introduction again. Yeah. Even though they 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 already know, but uh, hopefully because Shutter is is new for us, right? Mm-hmm. It hasn't gone Indonesia yet. I mean, here we do have Netflix, we do have uh, Disney Plus, we do have uh, <laughs> Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. uh, and we do have a lot of stuff, but not Shutter yet. But okay. hopefully, hopefully that we can get it. So <laughs> because you know, Indonesian one of the popular genre in Indonesia is horror. Yeah. Okay. So I think. It's better to shutter go straight in before the, somebody else grab the market, you know. <laughs> I guess I mean that's one of the yeah. that's probably one of the only good things about like this lockdown and COVID everything is with all people having to watch online more than cinemas, whether it's Netflix yeah. or Shutter, we're seeing I'm seeing like a lot more diversity now, like, a lot more interest and in, you know different mm. kinds of horror films. You know, people maybe not so scared of subtitles now. Hopefully. You know, because that, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when you're putting cinema, yeah. when you're putting a horror yeah. film in the cinema in the UK, you know, subtitles. You know, that's a, that's a big problem. You know, automatically people think it's like an art, yeah. just because it has subtitles. 
but by putting them out on Shudder, everything mm. like on Netflix, everything, hopefully that'll get more people gradually into this kind of, you know, other other kinds of horror film rather than just watching the same sort of Western Hollywood slasher horror all the time, everything. So that's my mm. that's my hope for this kind of thing as well. But <laughs> okay, but you get, you get hopefully, other, man. Kinds hopefully. other kinds of horror films being made in Indonesia or mainly just sort of folklore type of horror do you have any sort of like slasher um, slasher one or creature feature yeah uh, uh, not yet but uh i mean the empathy is sort of it's bit, uh, yeah. It's, yeah it's it's still a folklore yeah. it's still yeah. a folklore but uh oh tim's tim's uh timo's uh uh you know devil me up uh, mm-hmm. uh timo's uh movie the devil may take you it's, it's yeah. something yeah, devil. Uh, it's something not a folklore. Yeah, but there there is some some of elements in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, he made it very differently, mm-hmm. and it's not an Indonesian folklore. It's a sort of uh, his sort of own ideas. Try to combine yeah. the European stuff the into a witchery, yeah. witchery stuff into the Indonesian mm-hmm. ones. So that's sort of a little bit different, but it contained that sort of element. Yeah, but. Um, not recently, or you know, uh, I think it still do have you know some folklore uh, elements in it. Yeah. Because I think the producers trying to so far, yeah, I mean, trying to be safe and you know what's what's okay, mm. uh, and they gonna do it. But uh, hopefully, man, I mean, I wanna do some creature stuff, you yeah. know, and. Hopefully, you know, gradually we can we can start to 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 enter a new sort of horror sets. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, maybe aliens or maybe creatures and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I think... and our stuff like macabre. Macabre is one of the <laughs> non-folklore. That's true. Non-folklore film, horror <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah. I always like Macabre is a great film yeah. as well, but is that one you guys ever think about doing <laughs> something out, you know, explore? Because it seems, you know, that was a really cool film, Macabre as well. And I think that's one. Yeah, thank that, you, okay, man. I love, I love <laughs> that getting picked, you know, about on Netflix or Shuttermore, because I think it would be a cool film for more people to see, uh, I think, as well, Macabre. And I think. <laughs> of course, yeah. I, w- I want to do something like that again, because, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think we have just to find the right time and the right mm-hmm. people to do a project that you know we can be a little bit more out there you know yeah, yeah. right now the, the ones that here in indonesia that 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 trends or, or safe as the producers say, yeah. uh, say is uh it's the, the 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 genre horror with the folklore element in it mm-hmm. they are pretty excited if we if we tell that oh from this area you know there is a story that blah 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 mm-hmm. oh okay and then that they, they started to you know get the hype of it and and it and it's a folklore actually it's you know mm. it's usually based on in one area and you know this and that and involve on uh, you know the people around there and it's pretty ancient and stuff you know mm. but uh yeah man i want it i really want to 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 make uh, other stuff uh, or yeah. uh like you know some sort of maybe like another macabre or or, or a creature or even aliens and stuff. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. That's worth of exploring. Yeah, yeah. Because I think Indonesian cinema yeah. is always one of the ones here in the West where people are always talking about, you know, 
it's you know it's always oh, a cool man it has, you know, if you nice. compare it to some, some <laughs> yeah. other you know countries around asia uh, i guess which are going to be subtitled mm. or anything like even if you compare it to say like thai cinema or some other one indonesian cinema always mm. seems to be getting talked about more maybe the last decade for example so i think there's there oh, is cool man there's quite a lot of you know quite a lot yes. of interest in there from people and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah, it would be fantastic to see some i mean i love the folklore black magic i, I really love that I know it'd be cool as well, yeah, to see other, other you know types of horror film, everything you know, because you know you've done you know different types of films yourself before, more like you know action, everything yeah. as well. So, um, but is horror yeah. is horror where you'd like to work more, or like other genres like action, drama, more anything else? Or? Well, horror probably the most you know my comfort zone in in making a mm-hmm. uh, in making projects, uh, mm-hmm. James. But uh, definitely, I. I love the genre of you know action mm-hmm. and thriller, and I don't know maybe in the future uh, if I you know get a chance to make other genre, mm-hmm. definitely I want to do it. I mean, but you know it's still in that sort of <laughs> line of uh, genre, right? The yeah. Action thriller and horror and you know maybe a little bit of a drama. Uh, I don't know maybe getting older, uh, you know. <laughs> Try to get another story that's pretty much dark drama and stuff, you know. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, we, we, we got bored, you know, <laughs> sitting in a comfort zone, you know. We have to explore a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. Are you working anything at the moment now? Uh, right now, I am just finishing. Um, last month, I just finished a shoot, another horror. Oh, very cool. Uh, another horror. Uh, it's based on a book. Uh, it's not. It's not actually. Actually, that that one is not folklore because okay. uh, because it's based on a book, uh, a fictional book, mm-hmm. and uh, but it it still have those elements of uh, uh, of the um, how do you say uh, uh, a ghostly element in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, but it's it's not a folklore. So uh, so that I'm working on on post uh, hopefully because right now james the, our theater is not looking so good yeah yeah so all the major studios here uh like sort of shifting in a way because there's so much demand on series mm-hmm. so maybe <clears throat> maybe i i don't know maybe i try to go there because there's there's some offer uh, to do some series uh, with the you know with uh, with the genre element in it, and so yeah, maybe maybe for that first, mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, if I get another shot with the feature film this year, mm-hmm. because I don't think this year is a good time. Also, because mm-hmm. the producers is like, okay, if you want to make it now, because there's a lot of a lot of unreleased film Cord, from, yeah. from last year mm-hmm. that hasn't been released so they have so much content and and they need to to put it out there and and mm-hmm. some of the uh, maybe projects is projected with the theater uh, theater release and mm-hmm. uh, and you know that's already the amount that they have to at one point say okay we gotta stop mm-hmm. producing feature films and and shifting a bit towards maybe a, a, a series, yeah. you know, dark series and stuff. So yeah, mm. hopefully we can, you know, produce, I don't know, Shudder, is Shudder have those horror series or they, they, they just I don't know if they do feature them. film? Yeah, 
I'm not sure if they produce them in the same way net, you know, in the same way Netflix produces series and stuff. They definitely have yeah, yeah. series on the platform and everything. Some some are called mm. Shutter Originals, but I'm not sure I'm uh, okay. sure their involvement. I mean, that's a question I I I'm very interested in as well because I'm mm. I'm um, I work as a film producer as well, so I'm I'm interested okay. in how Shutter, you know, how they actually approach mm. projects like that and what they actually take on. But I'm not. I'm not sure, but I I don't I think they would be interested in, in sort of horror series because series now mm. I, I think I'm seeing here over the last year because we've been in lockdown most of most of the last year now, so mm. it's I think people are yeah more it's already a year now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been to the theater since last year, bro. Oh, man, it's, it's like. <laughs> I already forgot that the sound of you know the, the good sound of uh, you know theater stuff. That's why I think because yeah, it's were, been shut down. Yeah. yeah, exactly the same here. I don't even they're saying now maybe cinemas here open in May, maybe June. So that's like another four or five months. Mm. It's uh, but I think that's what okay. more people are watching series. Now. They're, they're getting if you're sitting at home, exactly. Yeah, it makes more sense to watch a series, and, and that's why. I think as well, like some some people I'm talking to, they think horror is a safer bet now for features because you can make a, a horror maybe on lower budget. You don't maybe need as big a name star everything. So if you get shut down, mm-hmm. or if you can't go to cinema, have to only go online, is it easier to make money back with horror compared to some other genre? If you have some big stars, mm-hmm. special effects, everything. So would be mm-hmm. horror this year. <laughs> Hopefully. <man. laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's my situation james i mean i think i think we need to right now indonesia is sort of shifting because uh because yeah the the, 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 the demand with the platform uh they do have uh you know they wanted a lot of series because mm-hmm. you know people just you know staying at home and and yeah. their subscribers here now is actually increasing so uh, they're sort of shifting their business towards, okay, we s- sort of stopped first this year, maybe not so many film production mm-hmm. and concentrated on, you know, making content for uh, the platform. So, yeah. So hopefully, you know, yeah. maybe because I, I think the, the one of one of the good thing with the platform is uh, they do give us a little bit of uh, freedom to actually, mm. you know, go go crazy a bit you know <laughs> because uh it's sort of different uh different way of seeing it in 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 our uh rules of uh you know it has to be go to the censorship board yeah. and stuff like that no so that so so here is a bit different i think any content that 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 going towards uh digital platform doesn't have to be you know go through the same as uh, theatrical release okay. stuff, you know, yeah. going to the uh, uh, censorship board and and stuff. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, but but we have to be careful so they don't mess it up. You know, <laughs> sometimes if we go overboard and people sort of talking about it yeah. and they heard it and you know they start messing around with the rules and stuff, <laughs> it's like a double-edged thing, bro. <laughs> so so yeah, we gotta still be careful, but we can go a little bit crazier than the theatrical ones. You know? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we'll see. Hopefully this year we'll get back to some film, you know, film festivals as well. 
because that, that was a great you know, oh yeah man definitely i really miss it man yeah, yeah me too but that's where i think a lot of people you know you have one audience now discovering say on shutter but you had like more sort of hardcore genre audience we're definitely getting you guys films from festivals first everything as well you know that's so it was a mm. yeah, it's great to have that sort of gradual building up of a fan base and then the sort of more general internet audience and then online so yeah i, I really hope we'll get festivals back this year you know <laughs> hopefully man definitely <laughs> okay i think my zoom is gonna run okay it's to 40 minutes um so just all right thank you very much right. it was a very very cool chat very interesting man. thank you pleasure and uh, i'll see you again pleasure to meet you really love yeah. black magic fantastic so uh yeah, thank you so much James. Look forward to everything else you do man <laughs> <laughs> all right man all right you thank you thank you so much nice talking to you james you too, thank you bye bye, bye, -bye. Kimo Stamboyle. Indonesian horror is it really does seem to be taking off now, and, and Indonesian folk horror is, is really is becoming a, a bit of a thing. It's yeah, really, yeah. definitely on the radar. It's, mm, mm. I mean, we're always being told like you know the, there's the next sort of big thing or the next country and stuff. I mean, especially for kind of the Asian film fans like us and stuff, it's always like every once in a while like a new territory is being hailed as the next big thing. But you know, Indonesian cinema in general for certain for quite a few years people have been saying you know talking about the quality of it and stuff i mean i guess partly you know we had the raid films and everything which yeah, kind of really yeah. i don't like saying really put it on kicked. the map but yeah, kick, yeah. Kick, kicked it kick-started that was something that I mean, would be I much mean, better but, it, yeah. it is i think what's quite interesting as well is is that you know and, and joko anwar's satan slaves really kicks it off is looking back and, and really mm. glorifying the, the the heyday of, of late seventies early eighties Indonesian horror yes and weirdly kind of him Kimo and also um, Timo Tujano as well mm -hmm. you know, as, as the other Mo brother you know actually doing a lot of the same things as those directors were doing where they were very influenced by the West as well as yeah. kind of picking up on Indonesian uh, folklore you know so. Yeah as well as the original the Queen of Black Magic, one of the other most famous films was mm -hmm. Pengabdi Satan, um, mm -hmm. you know, which was originally called Satan's Slave. Yeah. Um, you know, and it is really, you know, it's, it's with that one, you can see there's a real influence of, of Salem's Lot. Yes. You know, some yes, of the, the yeah. Lucio Fulci films that are going on <laughs> at the same time as well. Yeah. But uh, it's again that one's probably a little bit of a, a slower burn. It is. It's a very different. It's a very different, much more than, um, than the Madcap. Yes. Queen of Black Magic. I, I was surprised when I, I was watching the you know the original uh, Satan's Slave. Um, how uh, for some reason I, I thought it would be something similar to the original Queen of Black Magic, but it's not. It's it is more. It's both more kind of contemporary uh, and also yeah much more kind of like a supernatural creeper, and everything like that. So it, it's a very 
very different film and just like the sort of satanism stuff in it as well like satan i mean that's probably a long debate to be had about the relative merits of satanism and gong tao or which one is more powerful i don't know but see what's interesting about and this is true of both satan's slave and and the queen of Bell magic is, mm. is that they are they're very moral in the sense that um in both versions of satan's slave the part of the reason that this evil comes into the house is because they don't really follow God. Yes, they're not. That's right. They're not. Yeah. They're not. They're, they're not. You know. They're, they're not following um, Islam. You know. They're. they're mm-hmm. You know. In both films, um, and I've, you know, some of the other ones as well, I'm sure, is that that if you if you pray, mm. you know, that's your your defense against the evil. So yeah. they've got the kind of very moral mm. uh, Muslim kind of conclusions. Absolutely, I think that's something which is very interesting as well. Just because, I mean, that's you know, to be honest, like I guess as horror. As horror fans, or even as like Asian film fans and stuff, you don't see much in the way of like, uh, not not to call these like Islamic horror or anything, but it's not something you even really hear much about anything that we're we're so used to, whether it's you know the Exorcist, Catholicism, the Cross, mm. and everything that's so it's very it's very interesting to kind of see those you know slightly different religious elements in there and stuff, which is something I, I found very interesting uh, in all of these films when it comes up as well, whether it's kind of mixed in with the. Um, the sort of more folklore beliefs, uh, or the you know some of the some of the old legends and stuff, uh, which you know, Kim was mentioned in the interview there. So I I think that's I think that's a very interesting aspect of it as well for a lot of uh, more jaded Western viewers and stuff because these are not just like crazy wacky, you know, folklore being used for like you know madness and everything. You do genuinely feel there's kind of like a cultural um, underpinning to these films, uh, which. You know they are phenomenally successful domestically as well, uh, and I guess that's like a large part of it. I mean, it's. I mean, the other interesting parallel between the original films in the eighties and 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 the the ones that are coming out now is that, you know, the reason that there was this boom around mm. this time is because they suddenly put you know the rappy films, rappy the, films, the, yes, the, yeah. the, the producers kind of suddenly realised that actually you know what horror sells and it, yeah. we can actually get this Mm-mm-mm. selling across. Southeast Asia, you know, in all yeah. sorts of territories, um, you know, and they had some sort of mystical fantasy kind of films, kind of, <laughs> so some kind of wacky uh, wuxia films with people's lots of other films with people's heads coming off and then <laughs> the back of them and stuff like that. Um, I mean, obviously, there were other horror films going on as well, yeah. sort of you know, very dark and very violent films, you know, mm-hmm. you know, even 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 before the raid came along, mm. you know, but it's, uh, it does seem to have become a very sellable absolutely you know since since joko took on satan's slave and 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 made it his own and it does seem to have from some of the the interviews i've heard it really seems to have basically pestered um rapid films (laughs) until they finally gave in and let him have a go (laughs) well this i i mean i guess that's one of the 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 other reasons like these films have kind of like taken off internationally in a way because it's not like um it's not like a sort of a sort of fake pitch which is going to be put together. Okay, let's try and appeal to Western audiences with some sort of wacky, you know, exoticism or anything like that. You know, these are made by whether it's you know Joko, Kimo, Timo, sort of real fans of these things. You know, sort of based on this earlier very popular movement of films. So they're really, you know, they're both very like old school and gen. You know, there's a sort of genuine desire to kind of. Uh, reimagine these things for themselves as fans for local audiences you know it's not like a cheap cash-in type thing uh and this 
you know, there's nothing in these films, which, uh, these newer versions and stuff, which is, seems like it's been diluted or sort of been done this way to make them more accessible, everything like that. I mean, these are very much sort of proper old school black magic films, folklore films mm. and stuff, which is, which is why, I guess, or at least part of the reason why they've kind of found this kind of international audience. I mean, from festivals and stuff to, you know, Shudder picking up i mean i'm never quite sure what it means when it says like a shutter original in the same way i'm not sure always what it means a netflix original but it's you know they're picking up a lot of these or, films or an amazon original or a, amazon or an original original or the, so. yeah <laughs> an amazon original but it's on netflix for the rest of the world exactly or or, yeah. and, and it's probably been on other platforms before amazon did it um, no offense amazon um because i'm sure they're sure they're listening and stuff but but yeah, I, I think it's it is very interesting that we we seeing so many of these films now, which are on Shutter, in particular. There, yeah. most of these films are on Shutter. Well, I mean, obviously, we said the two Queen of Black Magics are on there. Uh, the Satan Slaves, you know, the new versions on there. Uh, Joko's Impetigor, which uh, I think is probably my my favorite uh, from these films. Then uh, the May the Devil Take You and May the Devil Take You Too. You know they're all on Shutter, and so it, it it's it's great mm. that they're kind of being put out there for this kind of wider audience and stuff, uh, which people are obviously reacting to. Should we talk about some of the other films that are mm. out there? So so you know yeah. we do have so I mean there's a, there's a bit of an ironic or maybe it's not an ironic thing about <laughs> um, the devil may take you too in that the, the plot line of that yeah uh, the sequel to the May Devil that may take you is almost identical to <laughs> the Queen of Black Magic, the yeah, new version. It's not far, it's not how far that, off. Like, oh, how did that happen? <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I I, mean, personally, I'm not a, a, as big a fan of Timo's mm. uh, The Devil May Take You series. I, I, yeah. There's, I mean, I, we can all kind of put up with... Um, Characters behaving strangely and, and plots not really lining up in horror films. You yeah, know? I mean, that's that's one thing. But I think it just it, it goes too far, and you know, and and the the, the films themselves are just way longer than they ah, need that's, to be. I mean, that, that's that's the nail on the nail on the head. They're, they're they're just far too long. Both made the devil take you and the devil take you too. There, there's no need for them to be like one hour fifty, you know, to two hours because. There are quite long stretches where not very much happens, and you know we we we've said like the pacing and the build up for Queen of Black Magic is very good, and which is which is mirrored in Satan Slaves, and it's mirrored in in Impetigor as definitely, well. You know, definitely, definitely. You know, it's a which we can come back to in a second. Yeah, um, but not in the not in these two. I mean, Devil, to, and that, I think they're really really frustrating films. I mean, because there's quite a lot of super cool horror moments in. The Devil Take You films. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the first one is very, very. I mean, I, I found it a bit too much of. Uh, I don't mind that the, the references that are kind of thrown in when they're they're really they're, they're done in a really nice way and they've got a yeah. really kind of a nice angle on it. But um, where you've you know, Devil May Take You was was way too much of an evil. Yeah, it, it's it's close. Some parts of it are just too close to the bone. With the yeah. really, really annoyingly annoying part where the characters just decide to kind of fall asleep outside in the car, don't even try and go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. In the, the bridge is gone, they can't get out, they cannot escape. Here they just kind of go, oh, oh look, it's dark again. Oh, now we're in trouble. Let's have dinner. The second one, the one I take you to, is, is, is mm. I think, 
I got a lot more of um, Jewel and the Grudge going on okay. in there. Lots of yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. And mm. lots of there were again there were actually quite a few scenes where <laughs> um, there's a bit of phantasm going on in there, but uh, it could have been done. Could have been done. It could have been done better. Yeah, it's some nice ideas, like you know, like that sort of kind of the phantasm kind of throwaway mm. thing. They kind of device they use. I mean, I say fantasy <laughs> just because it's the way it's shot. There's a, one of those spinning, um, cutting discs that goes on and it's done in the same... <laughs> it is done in that sort of POV style of, of phantasm. That's true. Yeah. There's, there's some really nice stuff where one of the people, one of the, the characters when they get second over, they've got a knife and it's scratching. Mm. You know, he's, he's very... Timo's very good at the sort of the, the, the fingernaily kind of stuff and just kind yeah. of chucking it in. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't... It's almost like they're, they're always... Almost feel like wasted opportunities in these films because he just doesn't do enough yeah. with them. Completely, you know, it's got yeah. that kind of because you're not really. I mean, the, the as I say, the plot line for take, Devil May Take You Two is is you know they basically go back to an orphanage where they've had some <laughs> bad experiences. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. And, which yeah. uh, and uh, what happens? Bad things. Um, <laughs> a big spoiler. Bad things happen. You know, but it's it does. It's just a shame because it just throws it away. Because you know, yeah. if, if you have the atmosphere kind of building up, mm. then you can think that the plot line didn't even the kind of ca- the characters that, that that come in from the original yeah. film mm-hmm. are kind of brought in. And I don't really quite. I just, I didn't get why they were. Doing it doesn't serve. Yeah, it, uh, it's a narrative purpose rather than actually adding a lot. And it's just, it's just. It didn't seem to be didn't actually make any kind of sense at all. I mean, again. Yeah. I'm okay with logic not being kind of aligned, but but this isn't in like a dare I say it's not even it's not in like a Fulchian way, where yeah. you know where the lack of logic is almost like you're living. It's like a, this is happening in like a different dimension where you just kind of accept yeah. this kind of weirdness, this sort of surrealness is happening. Whereas here, the weirdness just kind of comes like we've had a great set piece, don't know what to do for ten minutes. Okay, <laughs> okay, something else cool happens, which is be hard. I, I I like the Devil Take You films a bit more than you. I don't. You know, I, I I'm not loving them, but uh, yeah. I you know I'm trying to just remember the cool parts from them. But if they're, it's just it's just such a shame that after the first one, and you know I've seen you know other write-ups and stuff and talked to other people, and most people would agree about me the devil take you having those problems, and then just to go and repeat them for for the second film because it's exactly the same problems in the two films, you know with that kind of pacing problem, the this the weird pointless stretches where. Not pointless stretches, you know. It it just doesn't. It's just strange that they kind of repeat the same problems in them and everything like that. And I, I seem to remember that the first one was done as a bit of a a break from the night comes for us. I seem to remember that's that, right. Timo saying that in an interview. And not, I mean, I mean, night comes for us, which is, is which is a great film, but it, it's it's too long. But in that one, he doesn't have the same kind of breaks between all all the sort of hyper hyper violent machete action mm. in that film. It's so it's the the pacing is often night come, but it's it hangs together a lot more just just because he, he doesn't really give you enough time to start thinking. Wait, this is a bit pointless. These kind of parts and stuff, but uh, it's a shame because when the when the devil take you films are very are good, they're really good. They've got some excellent excellent moments in them, but mm. it's just and I do think he's a really you know I mean as I say I mean these ideas he he's actually a very very talented director. I mean all yeah. these guys are actually yeah, very very yeah. talented. He's obviously very interesting. Well, it just doesn't just doesn't come across. It's like needing a new a different editor or someone else to kind of like go through the stuff. I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but it's supposed to be a trilogy, the Devil Take You films and everything. So 
I imagine for the next one it'll be another retread and it's probably going to be two hours long. Well, I guess we'll just have to see what Joe Granois done the year before and see if it's a, another retread because, you know, the, the first one was kind of a lot like Satan, so... <laughs> true, true. He might, we'll see what Joko, Joko decides on, but it's... It won't be unwelcome another May the Devil Take You film because when I it's one of those things where I kind of fool myself into still thinking I'll just remember the cool parts so and then maybe six months later I'll think yeah yeah I'm going to do a double bill of those two films and then I'll halfway through I'll remember maybe it wasn't a great idea you know, so <laughs> we'll see yeah but it kind of brings us on to mm. um, Joko Anwar's last film in Petagor uh, yeah I mean in Petagor is probably my favourite uh, of all of those kind of recent movements yeah. stuff. and and uh, the Indonesian entry for the Oscars um, not, sh- not, is... not sure if it's made the shortlist um, <laughs> if I was you know, I'm sure one day we'll, we'll be recognised as Oscar voters ourselves and <laughs> I would have been voting for Impetigor because it's it is the most proper old school black magic Shaw Brothers style out of all of these <laughs> And it's 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 really nicely done. Oh, it's, Again, lovely, yeah, yeah, it's that it's kind beautiful. of the, the pacing of it. Mm. You know, the first half of it really doesn't drop much in the way of horror at all and then yeah yeah it's just it way up. some rural unease and everything but the, the, mm. nothing i mean it's a bit 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 you know the kind of i mean there are a lot all lot, lots of different takes on the kind of rural unease but you know it's got that kind of wicker man thing yeah 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 it's yeah. village yeah, it's yeah, be- it's beautiful kind of beautiful rural scenery for that stuff like the proper you know, overgrown kind of like jungle rural village type mm. stuff everything like that but then at the same time kind of like a bit of almost a bit of like sort of um Sort of southern Louisiana Gothic kind of style to it, and yeah, everything like kind of ivy and yeah. creepers hanging yeah, out. Deliverance. Oh, <laughs> oh man, it's a good, it's a great film. And then when you, you know, it, it does. And also again, what he he's very good at is not, and he does it again. You know, you've got these. You don't get the whole story. Mm, you know, mm. he, that's revealed at the end. You know, yeah. it has got that kind of kick to it as well. That that it's not just. Yes. Um, that there is a point to it that it's kind of uh, still it, quite character it, driven yeah, yeah. It's, which makes it the it does make it more shocking I mean it's shocking because as well it's very gory and stuff yeah. but where it gets to it you know it's good good and nasty and everything but but absolutely when the the sort of the different layers of the story and again sort of tying back to some sort of like past past secrets and stuff but they do a really good job kind of with the character building and stuff in there so it, it's got a proper sense of like threat to it and everything which mm. makes it great but it's just I, I think visually uh, out of all of these films it's the most impressive as well you know uh, m- most of the other ones yeah, agree with that. most of the other ones sort of generally take place inside like an old like an interior and everything which I guess partly comes back to you know this kind of evil dead kind of thing like inside the cabin and stuff but mm. and Petagor has a lot more kind of outside scenes uh, which are really actually really really well done so it's a uh, it's a fantastic film. Again, on Shudder as well. Like I think, you know, what, one thing I've noticed and it, it is true of, of quite a few of these films as well is there's a lot of fun in, in, mm. in, in, in some of the early... You know, he really does... And he, he this is becoming a bit of... I don't, you know, I don't know if he, who came, you know, came up with some of these scenes, but, you know, <laughs> that he does 
he does have a bit of fun quite early on with the oh you're expecting something scary oh it's not scary <laughs> and it, which actually kind of comes from that you know it's actually done in the original Safe and Slave that, that you have this idea of scary no it's the old guy with asthma who's just at the door um, he's, he's really picked up on that and, and, and kind of run with it a bit you know, it's a little kind of tip of the hat to those those films that he, he loves you know like Kimo absolutely love the old school Indonesian and the old school kind of American horror films as much as everything else but I I think the other thing is that they are, you know, again, back to sort of what was happening in the 70s and 80s, actually making this very Indonesian. It's, yeah. it's really making it its own thing. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things, um, you know, touching back to the interview, which Kimo was saying, like, they are, it's not just because folklore is this kind of trend now and everything. It is this kind of cultural thing, whereas, you know, different parts of Indonesia and different parts of it, they, you know, they have all these different, like, legends and folklore and stuff like that which is you know naturally kind of provides you with a rich uh concepts for films and I, that's what's good about seeing these kind of ones whether it's um, you know pedagogue or queen of black magic in particular kind of modernizing the, those older stories and stuff and, you know not just going out there and sort of doing a sort of very easy sort of cash in film based on like a folklore legend but actually taking it and sort of working it into something which works for modern audiences as well and I, I think that's one of the reasons why they're so popular I think it was quite interesting about that as well. It actually kind of ties in with Joko Anwar's kind of other big projects at the moment, mm. which is this new superhero cinema uni- universe yes. that he's working on, yes. you know, the yeah. um, Bermelangat cinematic universe, mm. um, which has already got a phase, phase one, um, <laughs> with Gundala, there's Sri Esis, which is going to be done by Kimo as well, and there's some mm. other films that are coming out, you know. But it, it's that, again, is, is, is really kind of... It, it, is taking the idea of, of mm. superheroes and, and giving it a very Indonesian angle. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's very cool. And I think that that's one of the main things at the core of this is, is like, you know, not making films just because you think internationally it's going to tag into different stuff. But because, you, you know, you have to think about, even financially, you have to think about your domestic audience first because that's where you're going to, you know, get your investment back and everything like that. And then if you can attract international audiences to something that's kind of, you know, well-made, fun, but, you know, genuine uh, as well, I think that's something which will speak to more people kind of overseas mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, absolutely doing it with... I haven't seen Gondola yet myself, everything, but um, I think it's fantastic that this kind of, like, ambitious, you know, sort of project is going on where they can do this stuff. It's, it's interesting now as well, though, because Embetagore is... Uh partly Korean producers, CJ Entertainment, and I think yes, some of the right. other films yeah. are as well, you know. So kind of this this recognition that this is, mm. you know, I know absolutely. worth investing in is... I mean, I mean, that's... Without talking about my kind of production work stuff too much, I mean, that's one of the things researching at the moment a lot is that where the sort of horror markets are. And you're looking at countries like, uh, uh, you know, Korea, Japan, Thailand and stuff. And the market for other Asian horror films there is very, yeah, it's a very, very lucrative market for this stuff. So um, so it's kind of surprising slightly in a way that there aren't, you know, other countries maybe so much which are tying into, I mean, it's not, you know, obviously every country is going to have like a sort of different sort of folklore and culture and stuff. And we have been seeing some stuff from Korea, like, you know that six finger and stuff like that which was on netflix recently but indonesia certainly seems to have cornered 
the market and doing stuff which is kind of like explicitly mm. folk horror, like folk horror, folk horror. So, mm. which is quite interesting because you know obviously, you know like in the West we you know especially if you go back to some you know some great Hammer horrors and stuff like that, you know we've had a lot of these kind of like a uh, old school films and then remakes of them and stuff. But yeah, it doesn't. It, it seems Indonesia still seems to be the one sort of leading the way when it comes to different yeah. Asian countries and that, which is quite, which is quite interesting um, and. I don't know. I mean, part of the it'd be an interesting thing to look into as well. Like, obviously, if we look at if we look back at other countries' um, horror films, whether it's like Hong Kong and stuff like that, they always treated like Indonesia, Thailand, and stuff as as this kind of like mad exotic place where black magic kind of happened and everything like that. So it it's whether or not that that's still like a market and everything, you know, and that's why certain countries lean maybe towards you know producing more of these kind of things because they have been sort of more profitable uh, in the past around asia and everything mm. so that, that would be an interesting thing to look into further you know Kesalahan yang harus aku hapus. both the original and remake of the queen of black magic are available to stream on shutter mm-hmm. along with jacko anwar's version of satan's slave and impetigal the original Satan Slave was released on US Blu-ray and DVD by Severin Films. So that's it for now. Don't forget you can find all of our previous episodes on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Subscribe now and you'll never miss an episode. But for now, cheers! Cheers! cheers. <laughs>